It's 3 o'clock on the Blitz 1170, and that means it's time for the show with Pop and Colby. I start looking around. I'm like, who wants some of this? I would think you would have a little bit more self-awareness. Yum, yum, give me some. <laughs> Although that might have just ended any and all chances <laughs> just, of that ever I just ever killed happened. it. Scott File is alongside trying to keep them on time. It's technically a sports show, but that's debatable. What? Like, you just deserve to not yeah. have penalties what? called against you because you're... Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Well, while Dan Cooper looks at Rico Dowdle's appendage. Daddy! Oh, look at that! Look at this, look at that! What did you say Candace Bergeron looked like? Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like Peter Weller in the suit. We just want to have fun. Real talk. Don't ever call my bits little again. <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> I've never tasted a peacock. My wife's a, a horse person. Blasting their way across Oklahoma. It's the show with Pop and Colby on the Blitz 1170. How young is too young to have your prostate checked? All right, give me the call letters again. Uh, KTSB, the Blitz 1170. KTSB at the plate and whammy, the Blitz 1170, you betcha. Yo, what's up? Welcome in on a Thursday here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. Please, if you have not downloaded it yet, might you do so inside of your cell phone provider's app store? It's very simple, very easy. Have all the podcasts available for you there in one nice, neat little place, and you can stream us live all the time. As we come to you live from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios, across the streets from Guthrie Green in downtown Tulsa, hashtag 918. But we're broadcasting and blasting all across the state of Oklahoma, and thank you for tuning in again on this Thursday. My name is Henry Poplin, otherwise known as Pop. Uh, Scott File, alongside as well, here on the Blitz 1170, and Colby Daniels, as well as we have formed this Troika, taking you all the way through 6 p.m. this evening here on The Blitz. In a conversation coming up later in the 5 o'clock hour that we will have with Colin Kennedy, uh, we'll, of course, get the latest with everything involving Oklahoma, but I think one of the big questions today falls to Colin and his recruiting background is the ripple effect and the waves that Nick Saban announcing that he is retiring I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but did you know that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and also Pete Carroll are no longer head coaches at their respective employers anymore? Um, but we'll get into that with Colin because I'm sure that he has a few thoughts on this as well. Colby, Scott, what's going on today, fellas? How are you guys? Gentlemen, happy Thursday. What's happening? Oh, you know, just another day, another historic day. The Last 24 hours have been rather wild in terms of <laughs> the historic nature and this little thing that we call sports. Protect Bruce Bochy at all costs. <laughs> yes, protect anyone that is above the age of 70 is, is basically the, what we've learned. all of the greats uh, are, are calling it quits, I mean, Bruce Bochy, I think, qualifies in terms of baseball. So, yeah, my gosh, what a, what a 24 hours. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt whatsoever. Scott, how are you today, buddy? Just waiting for the apocalypse to come tomorrow. There will so. probably be one. There will probably be one for sure. Uh, but it has uh, created quite the uh, talking point all across the country about the 
ins and outs and who's next and whatnot. I, I do want to at least start with this, is that I have been somewhat entertained by the response that's been happening in Alabama. One, the fact that someone put a get well balloon on the Nick Saban statue was hilarious to me. And also the gentleman or female that decided to leave the prophylactic also on the uh, statue there for for Nick Saban. Um, One, he is indeed not dead. He is still with us. We've got Nick Saban audio because Reese Davis had a 30-plus minute sit-down conversation with Nick Saban, so we will air some of that. And um, the fact that some of their fans haven't necessarily been taking, one, the announcement well, and two, the fact that we have evidently two head coaches that have already turned down the opportunity at Alabama. One, more than likely for sure, and another one that we just assumed would be in the mix in Mike Norvell. But, yes, the last... Eight-plus hours seeing Dan Lanning take his name out of the running. Now Mike Norvell tweeting that, hey, it's a good day to be a Seminole. Um, you got to remember, this is all new for Bama fan. It's much the same way that uh, only amplified times 100. How Sooner fan was handling having a losing season last season. Now, again, you magnify that times 10 when you – add in all the accomplishments that Nick Saban and Alabama football have had, and that should give you an idea about how well or not well that they are taking the news right now in Alabama. They're just not used to something like this after Nick Saban's tenure. It's uncharted territory, and welcome to what everyone else in college football experiences, right? And even though I think we can all agree this is the best job in the country in terms of college football, there are going to be certain people that, that aren't going to want to follow Nick Saban, right? Like, no. yes, it's a great job if all things are equal, but depending on what your current situation is, you might not want to say, I want to jump into the Alabama seat immediately after Nick Saban, where anything that falls short of what Saban did is going to be considered a complete disaster and nobody's going to like you. And even if you're not actually doing a good job, or even if you are actually doing a good job, the perception could very easily be that you're not, right? So it's it's not going to be just a, a no-brainer, I think. Um, but the reality is it is Alabama at the end of the day. So you're, I think everybody's going to be tempted in some way, but there are going to be certain candidates that are going to look at that and say no thanks. Yeah, that's the type of job that even if they hire Jesus and he lost three games next year, Jesus would be on the hot seat at in Tuscaloosa. yes. yes. <laughs> And look, it's like, wait a minute, like... you turned water into what? I don't care, buddy. You can't be losing three games in conference. No, it's not. It's not sustainable here. And Nick Saban is not handing this football team over as as one of the best teams that we've seen in Alabama history. Right. I mean, I, I thought to a degree that team was able to overachieve. And look, they're still really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to suggest that they are like the underdog here, but in terms of all of the Saban teams that we've seen over the last 17 years, I mean, and especially the ones that were, I think, championship caliber, good enough to compete for a championship, this one would be toward the lower end of that spectrum. It would be. It would be for sure. And, it, you know, we'll get into a little bit coming up uh, later about uh, the one word that comes to mind with me with, with Saban and you know, this standard that he himself created, 
But I think the standard that he created, even Saban hasn't been able to live up to his own standard. And I think some of his comments today and over the last year or so kind of point directly back at that. And he, he told Reese today that, you know, having to do this at this age and the difference between doing it at 62 compared to 72 is that it takes a lot out of you. So I, I think Saban, even here at the end, became a victim of his own standard. Yeah. And that's even with him may, being one game away or maybe even one play away from going to another college football national championship game, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. But um, that's where we're at, and that's why what he did – and again, more on it a little bit later, is just remarkable that even the guy that set the standard had a hard time living up to said standard. Well, last year after Georgia won their back-to-back championship, I mean, we had the conversation on on the air, and I know it was being had everywhere, but people were asking the question, has Nick Saban lost it? And, and you know, we weren't agreeing with that, but it was, it was out there, and we at least had the discussion but if you look at, at the last four years, right, you have the 2020 season where they just obliterated everything in their path. That, that Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, I mean, those were the three Heisman finalists that year, for crying out loud. Right? That team just mowed through everyone. And that was his last championship team. And then you go to 20, 2021, and you have Bryce Young, who was the Heisman Trophy winner. They lose in the championship in a game where Jamison Williams, their top offensive player, right, goes down with an injury in the early stages of the game, and ultimately they compete and Georgia pulls away late. So you lose the national championship game. And and at that moment, there were people, you know, because it was Kirby Smart, there were people, I think, in the Alabama fan base that immediately, like, uh-oh, the beginning of the end, right? They lost a national championship matchup to one of Nick Saban's disciples, He's, he's losing it. The next year, they lose two games, don't make the playoff, but they lose two games on the final play of the game, both in road games at A&M and at Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Two losses, but, you know, not all losses are created equal, I guess, especially when it comes to the committee evaluating things. They just weren't given a scenario, I guess, where they could legitimately put Alabama in the same tier as the teams that made it, but you could have made an argument the way they lost those two games. They were as good as anybody in college football and they don't make it. And then that really got the ball rolling, right? They missed the college football playoff for only the second time in at that point, nine seasons. Unbelievable. And then this year, I mean, again, I think in terms of the overall talent, it's still a really, really, really good team. But it's probably toward the lower end of all of Nick Saban's teams from a from an overall talent perspective on both sides of the football. They overcome early adversity, bench their quarterback, right? Completely change their offense, get the ball rolling, and and they pull off the upset against Georgia. They get into the college football playoff. They're completely outmatched on the line of scrimmage against Michigan, which who would have ever said that about a Nick Saban team? And even with that. They are maybe one bad play call in overtime, overtime, from beating the national champions. Pretty wild to think about. Pretty, pretty wild to think about. 
Um, there's so many different layers and elements to this. Uh, so let's not spoil the entire afternoon here in the opening segment. What else is going on today outside of Bill Belichick? Let's just cross coaches off the list. What else is going on today? Is there any oxygen left for anything else? I to don't be taking know place? if there is. <laughs> I don't know if there is. You know, you had Barkley saying that he would have punched Aaron Rodgers in the face. That had a news cycle of like 30 seconds. So on a normal date, that would have probably had a few more legs. Uh, you got, I guess, what, Stephen A. Smith going off on Whitlock. That, <laughs> other than that, I don't know if there is any oxygen left for any other news cycles or stories. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we have like Big 12 hoops. Yeah, there's there's that. <laughs> there's that. I mean, we, I guess we could sit here and talk about Kansas losing to UCF if we wanted to. Yeah, I mean that's that's out there. That that uh, was out SGA there for sure. Is the has what the third best odds to win the MVP? He does. Yes. There's that, and rightfully so with the way that he's been playing so far. Let's see. We had uh, basketball in the area last night. You had. What Tulsa almost getting into a little bit of a of a scuffle last night towards the end of their game and and their loss to Charlotte. You've got the Oklahoma loss to TCU last night, eighty to seventy one. It's uh, setting up for quite the Big Twelve basketball season with uh, some of these early season losses like Houston on the road at Iowa State, whatever the hell that was. Why was Central Florida putting like palm tree leaves over the goals? Does anyone have the backstory to that at all? Is that a thing at UCF that I'm just not aware of, or this is a we don't know what the hell to do with our hands because we just knocked off Kansas, so let's put some palm tree leaves over the top of the goal. Do you? Did either one of you see that from last night? This is like incredibly weird. I have I don't know any backstory to that at all. I, I have no idea what that I saw is. it, but yeah, I don't know the backstory to it. Uh, I mean, it is Orlando. I just thought that they would celebrate like at a, I don't know, a Ryan Steakhouse or something like that uh, instead of palm tree leaves. So uh, other than that, here's what else we've got I saw coming KJ up today. KJ Jefferson was there last night. Yes, yes, that is correct. That is correct. Um, other than that, we starting quarterback. Yeah, I do want to the segment that got imploded yesterday was the CD lamb segment and also the Jordan love segment when the breaking news came down. So we'll do that coming up a little bit later here later on in the afternoon as well. Um, are both of you weather prepared for the massive, uh, incredibly phallic looking weather system that is getting set to slap Oklahoma? Or do both of you have have you got the everything? The weather D that is moving in. <laughs> have you got everything in your preparations ready to go? Because I believe tonight is sort of round one. Don't we have round one moving through this evening, or later, or early this morning, or tomorrow morning? I think it's early. I think it's tomorrow. supposed to happen in the AM hours. In the yeah. AM hours. Okay. Yeah. Good. So when the in dog the hours of the night, but yeah, the dog wakes me up again at two forty-five in the morning to go outside, then I will be the first to report on what is happening with the weather here in the early hours of the what morning. What are the preparations like? What is the checklist of things that that we should be doing? Um, you know what's funny? I actually emailed myself like a checklist that I think uh, the Oklahoman had today for all of us. So if you want to go through. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. This is my okay. It's not that one. It's uh, 
That's my say goodbye to your dad bod link that I found. Get your milk and bread and TP from Arctic El Nino. Okay, I, th- I, so I didn't actually save. The Oklahoma does have a checklist. I probably left that one out. But I did save a story from USA Today that said, here's the headline. Polar vortex is just the beginning. January's weather forecast is chaotic and dangerous. This is mainly looking at it from an East Coast perspective on this. But I saved it because of the potential bomb cyclone blizzard for the Midwest that everyone is talking about now. And the Arctic blast courtesy of the polar vortex, which is going to happen. So evidently, um, there is a bomb cyclone brewing. (laughs) So we could have that thrust upon us here over the next couple of weeks as well. And don't you worry. Don't you worry. 88% of the United States could be below freezing temperatures on Monday. And just when you think that we could rebound and uh, things could be a little bit better, it seems to me that we could have another round of this hit us before January is over. So uh, buckle up and settle in. The, uh, the, the weather D is, is coming for us all. All of my faucets are covered. So outside of that, I don't know what other preparations outside of making a call to Arctic El Nino that I will be doing. I googled Arctic weather preparations. First thing that came up, wear several layers of warm, loose-fitting, lightweight clothing rather than one layer of heavy clothing. Okay. I'm going to be in my house. Yeah. Not leaving. Not going anywhere. It's number two on this list. That was the list. That <laughs> that was the only list in, in terms of preparation? Well, it, it, it wasn't actually a list. You know when you Google something and then it, it comes up with people also ask? Oh, okay. All right. And it has the little yeah. box there that, yes. that gives you some information. That was the first thing that popped All up. All right. All right. Well, I'll see if I can't go back through and find that story from from the Oklahoman as well. Yeah, I'm just looking. I have to. My my job tonight. My job tonight is to after we get off the air, clear out space in the the garage. So that we can, I guess, uh, protect the vehicles. I got a uh, message. Because you know, it's kind of just been the collection area during the holidays. So after I took time out of my busy schedule today at noon to sit on a website for my wife and wait for makeup to go on sale so I could buy it because there was a massive rush with this new release that was coming out. And the uh, Stanley make makeup now too. Mission mission accomplished at least for the ones that were not sold out in less than two minutes on this website. Uh, I get a nice message that sent to me that basically said. Um, you should have cleaned out the chimney so we could have had a fire this weekend. I'm like, well, you're welcome for me waiting in line for you, you know, to buy your $78 worth of makeup that you need today. So I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. She's like, I don't think you are. I'm like, I, I am. I'm when was sorry. The last time it was cleaned. Uh, you know what? We didn't use the chimney at all last year, so it's been it's been a bit. It's been a bit. And I don't know and you're why. you're afraid that a fire might start or I, something? Yeah, I don't know why. It's always been the, you know, how you have those probably 
things that are ingrained in you that you should do that give you a certain amount of fear. And I don't know why, but that has, you know, not not doing the, the chimney sweep has always been one that's been kind of ingrained into me. Like, hey, you should do this every year before you light a fire. Because <laughs> I'm just looking at yeah, my, I don't think I've ever done it. my history and uh, looking back over how unlucky that I actually am. That would be one of the first things to happen is uh, like, oh, I can see the news headline now. This dummy didn't clean out his chimney, and I'm used as the prime example as to why the news would be doing a story over, hey, this is how you, you actually clean out the chimney or call a company. or. And not only that, it's a massive beating. It's just a beating. That long plexiglass pole thing that I have, with that big brush on the end, you got to go up there and take the top off the chimney and get the ladder out and climb up there. It's, yeah, it's just it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Because basically it all comes down to me. And then you got to go through the process. Of, I haven't even gotten any wood. Like, am I, I'm just supposed to, like, wood's going to be readily available now? Or am I going to go to a come and go and buy that bundle of wood that's wrapped in that piece of plastic where you get, like, four sticks of wood for 30 bucks? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I don't know where I'm just supposed to bleep wood right here, <laughs> like, right before a big weather storm is coming in. Of course, I'm the only one that gets to think about things enough. like that. I still have enough massive branches in the backyard that I, I think I'm going to be all right from that front. Yeah, I could probably do that as well, but I don't think I should be burning cottonwood branches <laughs> in, the, in the fireplace. That probably yeah, man, would burn not. What you got to burn, right? That would not help at all. It'd be like burning some willow or something like that in the old fireplace. <laughs> all right, it's uh, three twenty-one. Start throwing your trash in there. Whatever it takes to keep some it tires. Warm. You know. Um, that's right. Can't confirm it, but while we were growing up, I believe one of the neighbors actually was burning trash in their fireplace. It was, uh, it, it, it was, it was crazy to see. Because <laughs> you, you would look at their chimney, and instead of just smoke coming out of it, you would see like little sparks, like they were burning actual trash inside of their. <laughs> like, I want to go over there and ask them if they're just throwing. <laughs> They're hungry man boxes in there from last night's dinner trying to keep warm. <laughs> and maybe ask them if you guys need to borrow a blanket or something. I don't know. Just a wild, wild scene. It is Kuwaita, so, you know, anything is possible. It's 322 here on the Blitz 1170. We'll take a time out. We'll come back with more next. We got a lot to get to, including what is a wild, wild last 24 hours here in the sports world. A segment on C.D. Lamb and Jordan Love coming up a little bit later. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, you name it. We got it right here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.